this is Jacqueline. Welcome to my podcast where I speak to thought leaders and way showers about ways of living, working, playing, and being that expand our horizons of what's possible. Now, let's get to it. Mabel is a surface pattern designer, illustrator, and artist based in Melbourne, Australia. She's licensed with various companies all over the world, such as Rice Denmark, Urban Outfitters, Nordstrom, PBS Fabrics in the USA, as well as Spotlight, Monster Threads, and Annabelle Trends in Australia. And most recently, her designs were featured on Target Australia Homeware. Hi, Mabel. Thank you so much for being here. And joining oh, into the, the podcast. Yeah. yeah it's so good no to see worries. you again. <laughs> We've spoken before, like earlier uh, this year, and I've been following your work. And it's so exciting to see that you um, recently had a collection open up at Target Australia. How inspiring. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's it's a uh, um, real dream come true working with Target. I think that was one of the things I wrote on my um, vision board early this year. And it's quite amazing how quickly that actually uh, came to form. Um, so, you know, you never know when things can come up for you once you put that on the vision board. Mm. Wonderful. I love that you, you just, you know, went straight into the whole vision board thing. I'd love to know how, <laughs> like, you know, that you're like living this and, and doing this work and living this life with so much intention. Um, can you tell us about your journey um, when you started to really be so intentional about being an artist? Um, interesting enough, that came from a very dark place in my life. It was one of the lowest of the low for me when um, I had just become a mom. I was looking after my son, um, but before that I was, I was quite doing quite well as a creative business um, person on Etsy. So I was, before I became a surface designer, I was actually a fine art photographer. And I would take prints, I, I would take photos of prints and sell it on Etsy. And I would sell those prints quite regularly. I mean, my income was between um, three to 5,000, depending on the platform I was uh, working on. And then when I was pregnant and had my son, I had decided to put that um, Etsy business on hold. And it was, um, in hindsight, not the best decision to make because if you put an Etsy shop on holiday mode for more than a month, the traffic, Etsy algorithms actually stop sending traffic to the store, to the shop. And so by when I, actually, when I reopened the shop, um, there was no traffic coming in. I had to start back from scratch. So if you can imagine uh, a shop um, of five years who had regular traffic coming in, regular income coming in, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden nothing was flowing through the shop, it was very discouraging. And then not only that, um, because a lot of my prints were motivational and it used Scrabble blocks to make up words like, mm -hmm. you know, 
do what you love, love what you do, or, mm-hmm. you know, you are my sunshine. Those were all my best selling prints. Um, I received a um, email from Etsy saying Hasbro had to, to put to stop to coming up with those prints. So I had to remove all the listings with the Scrabble prints on the platform, which, um, you know, further mm-hmm. added to the blow. Mm-hmm. So eventually there was, um, okay, I was, I was trying all sorts of things. I was doing all sorts of um, um, SEO courses, um, Etsy courses during that time, trying to revive the business. And then um, at one point, there was an Etsy market coming up for Christmas in Melbourne. And they actually sent me an invitation saying, hey, would you like to be part of the store holder um, as a store holder? And I said, yeah, sure. Because I had all these print stocks, um, pillowcases and stuff like that. Sorry, I, just, I feel a sneeze coming on because I'm having hay fever. So if I do sneeze, please <laughs> excuse me. No um, worries. So anyway. Yeah. So, um, so I did do the market. I, I invested in a table, um, some decors and had my print set up. And guess what? No one came to the store. Like oh, it yeah. was bustling and so busy at the market. My neighbors on my right and my left were like killing it at the market. And I had like maybe, you know, three or four people coming for mm-hmm. the whole day so I, I barely made um, anything um, at the market which was so depressing for me I think I was that was the point where I was the lowest of the lows I had no motivation or inspiration I didn't know what to do like it was that time that I had to pivot like what do I do next to um, continue my creative career because I couldn't see myself working in corporate life I couldn't see myself working in retail I wanted to be with my son while I had a creative business um so a month after that market I got an email from a Etsy friend uh, we met through Etsy. We've been following each other's journey, and she popped in an inbox and saying, "Hey, have you heard of Bonnie Christine?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. "At that, I actually had heard of Bonnie, but not as a surface designer. She was a blogger at that point. Uh, I knew her as a blogger, and so I uh, was told she was doing. Um, she was um, organizing a course, the immersion course." in 2018 I think that year was and and I was like do I need another course because I was spending all this little money that I had on courses I didn't have much of an income I was relying on one licensing um, uh, check that came every quarterly from Danny Design it was my only income for the whole thing and it was enough for me to do the course now, the course at that time was about close to a thousand USD. For me, that was a lot of money. For someone that didn't have an income, I was relying on my husband's income. I could use, I was thinking I could use that money for groceries. I could use that money for something else. And, you know, like it was a huge um, leap of faith, uh, let's put it that way, um, to use that 
that money to do a course because I felt very selfish doing it. I felt sick to the stomach. Like, do I do this? Do I not do this? And on the last day, I took that plunge and went for it. And that's when I jumped into the world of surface design. I had no idea what it was all about. I didn't know there was a career called surface design. I didn't think there was a business like that. Like what? Like it was, it was what I felt that it was my true calling. Like I felt goosebumps when I did the course because. It was exactly what I was good at. I was exactly what I kind of been dabbling, trying to do. And, you know, most of all, Bonnie Christine was, is an amazing teacher. I felt that she spoke directly to me. Um, I, you know, I have a very short attention span and having a, a, a newborn at that time, it was, I was sleep deprived, but I soaked in everything that Bonnie Christine had to say. So I already knew Illustrator at that point. At that point. I knew how to do um, work on Illustrator, but taking the Immersion course kind of elevated that. I became faster in my workflow. And after finishing the Immersion course, I was like, right, I need to allocate a whole year to up-leveling my skill on Illustrator, up-leveling my a collection like how to do a collection how to do repeat patterns and I became a true student of surface design and I love every moment of it like I had zero doubt that it was going to work it was like this was that um how do you how do you say how I don't know how to explain it but like I just went and dived in that world without holding back like this is Bonnie this was what Bonnie did this is what she said to do I'm gonna go and do it so that full whole year like 12 months I didn't go out with friends I didn't um you know my weekends were were just coming out with patterns after patterns and I was really lousy at it at the start like no one no one starts their journey being experts. No one starts their journey being good at what they do. So I knew that, you know, I had to get all the bad work, bad art out <laughs> to get to yeah. the good stuff. Let's mm -hmm. put it that way. And, um, you know, every day I would work on one pattern a day. Mm -hmm. So every day I did one pattern. I um, worked on my style, my signature voice, my... Um, my signature style, sorry. Uh, my colors, colors was so it's so important as an artist. Um, and you know, all sort of things. I just put my head down and worked for twelve months. And I mean, obviously, work didn't come straight away. Um, and you know, sometimes people we get discouraged all the time. Like, you know, why am I doing? Obviously, the, the days where I ask myself what am I doing this for? Is this going anywhere? You know, when you get mm -hmm. into a, a state where you're negative, obviously those questions do come in. I'm not saying that I was perfect. And, you know, I try, I listen to all sort of motivational um, speakers at that point to keep me pumped because it's so easy to run out of steam at in the early days. And um, I remember that, uh, I met up with one of the immersion students. She was um, in Melbourne as well. And we had coffee and she said, 
what if you don't succeed? What if you fail? You know, if you put in all this work in and what if you fail? And I couldn't answer her at that time because failure never really came in my mind. Like I, I came home and I thought about that question and I was like, I don't think failure is an option. I'm going to work at this until it does become a success. I'm not going to let myself give up just before success comes knocking to my door. Like I'm going to make it happen. I'm not going to give up after one year or two years. I don't know how long I'm going to keep trying, but I know if I keep trying, something's good going to come out of it. I had faith that my work was good enough for a company and then another company and then another company. Like I don't have, I don't have the, you know, full story in front of me. Like I just have to focus on one thing at a time. And that's what I did. So long story short, sorry, it was a very long story. That was what, what my journey was. I, I think it took a very, I wouldn't say bad point. I think it 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 happened for a reason. It took me, um, it took something to die in order for something to reborn, and that's how I would describe my journey as a surface designer. And it it if it didn't if those things didn't happen in twenty seventeen. Uh, where Etsy closed, um, I closed my Etsy shop and the traffic wasn't coming, I wouldn't have jumped into surface design. And I think that would have been like, it, it would be a real shame if I didn't discover surface design. Like I wouldn't be at this point of my life. I And I truly think that I'm on the path of happiness. I wouldn't exchange it for anything in the world. It is hard. It is um, a lot of work. It is challenging, but I wouldn't exchange it for anything else in life. Oh, I love that so much. I think I love that you shared how it came from this, you know, darker time and um, how bright, how much brighter it feels right now. And that whole contrast and maybe, you know, we wouldn't have known how, uh, how much to appreciate in this moment, if something in the past hadn't happened as well. Um, and also coming from that state of that shadow state or, um, you know, a, a place that is a little bit darker. It's like, that is what I'm, I'm not going to tolerate anymore. Or like, this is where I'm not, I don't ever want to be in this position anymore. And that is also another kind of a gift that a time like that can bring. I'm just, you know, wanted to emphasize that in case anybody is going through that right now. And we all probably have these moments, right? Where we want to give up or we don't know what's in store for us. Um, and we have trouble knowing whether to invest in ourselves anymore um, because the money could be allocated somewhere else. You know, our sense of self and our value about ourselves is probably kind of at an all-time low we don't even know whether we want to invest in ourselves so yeah um that is a tough time but you know this podcast is about following your bliss and to be able to overcome that that you are able to say yes to yourself 
and yes to a dream. I absolutely love that. And where you are now as well. How was it for you in balancing your family life? I mean, you had a son at the time and you spoke a little bit about that. How, how did you make it even possible? Because this is one of the things I think maybe a lot of moms especially um, have as a, sort of what's stopping them is this worry that they're not going to be able to sort of do it all, including taking care of their family and following their dreams. Um, how were you able to move past that or like handle that? Yeah, um, you know, I, I have to acknowledge that as women, we do a lot. We have the household to take care of. We have to cook. We have to, um, you know, look after our family. We have to work. We have to chase our dreams. There's so much that as women, we... We seem to think that we can do it all, but to tell the truth, um, I think something has to give. And one of the things that I I feel very fortunate of is my husband is very supportive of my dream. Uh, before I started, like I only had a very old laptop that... <laughs> It was so old and crappy that it was so slow coming, working on Illustrator and all of that. He saw me struggling and he decided to get me a, a Mac. So I could, he said, every worker has to have a tool. If you don't have your tools, you don't have the proper tools, you can't go to where you want to, you can't get to where you want to go. So He's been so supportive of my dreams and he's always had faith in me. So one of the things he we discussed about was him taking my son to my father-in-law's place or he take my son and go to the playground while I work. So during the weekends, um, like when we, like I said, we didn't meet up with friends because he would take uh, my son to his dad's place and they would hang out and I wouldn't I would feel bad not going but then you know like I was so intent on working working with no money working like putting in the the work now um, and and um, um, yeah he gave me that space and time to 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 do whatever I needed to do for that weekend um, I remember there was a point when I uh, signed up with an agent that was going to take the pot, my portfolio to Certex. So if um, your listener isn't familiar with Certex, it's actually an um, art exhibition. No, no, not really an exhibition. It's a, what do you like call a it? A trade show, a trade show. Yes, trade show, trade show for surface designers. Thank you. So, and that is a big deal. This is where um, art directors from all over the world go to New York and have a look at portfolios and license uh, work of artists. And um, I worked very briefly with this um, agent for um, just for the opportunity to go to Surtex. So I didn't have to go. He brought me, he brought my portfolio there and promoted the work of other artists, not just mine at Surtex. Um, and so I had to work really hard to come up with three collections for this trade show. And my husband, it was um, 
the timing was for Sotecos February. So uh, my husband took uh, two weeks off and stayed at his dad's place with my son. I had the whole apartment to myself to work on my portfolio. So those, those were the oh, things wow. that my husband mm-hmm. did to support me. So I had the time to work mm-hmm. on my portfolio or my, you know, collections. And um, that was one of the things that really, really helped in the early stage of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I also worked around my son's naps. I worked around his uh, bedtime routine. So once he put, we put him to bed, I will be on my computer working on an illustration on a pattern mm-hmm. so I found any opportunities I could to work on a repeat pattern or to study a repeat pattern or something so every day I put in any time I could find into improving my craft mm-hmm. um, so I would say that if you um, your listener um, who have kids find it really hard to juggle um, life with family and life with finding their passion. I totally get that. There are some days that you can't do it all and that's okay. I think women should give themselves some credit and time to rest mm-hmm. um, instead of hustling because um, rest is just as important as hustling. When you take the time to daydream, when you take the time to um, fill your bucket, your emotional bucket with inspiration and motivation towards your mm-hmm. dream, that's just as important as doing something. That's not doing nothing. Mm-hmm. That nothing, that nothing that people think that, oh, you're just, you know, sitting around daydreaming, that nothing is going to feed your passion, your dream that something is going to improve because as long as we're not dwelling in negativity, as long as we're not dwelling in this is not going to happen, I don't think this dream is going to take off. Mm-hmm. It's better than being in that position. So um, to moms out there, um, I hope you're gentle with yourself. If you can't be hustling your business all the time, it's okay. Because mm-hmm. there's so much on our plate already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I was um, when I was when I first learned about surface pattern design, I was super super excited about it, and I kind of dove right in. And I was doing patterns every day as well. I like joined these challenges, you know, online, and I was doing patterns every day. But there was hardly any time to to do it. I had to look for all the little pockets of time, like you said, nap times. And I would be like up at three in the morning doing patterns. And after a while, it really became unsustainable. This is not the way to follow a dream um, by, you know, having so many sleepless nights and things like that. It just is not going to take you to where you want to go in the long run. You know, it's very short lived to do things that way. Um, Yeah, getting support is so important. And also just prioritizing and and saying, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it this way. As much as it's like, you know, it's like the default when you start being excited about something and like, oh, I have to find every time to to do it. And and there's always this doing, doing, doing. And like you said, stopping to be inspired and then taking the right action instead of just taking action, taking action. 
all of the time uh, without the sort of that inspiration and without the maybe clearer, clearer direction of what the right steps are instead of doing all of the steps, right? Just like knowing that, hey, it doesn't have to be difficult, like as difficult as I think it, 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 it has to be. It gets to be easier. It gets to be enjoyable. And it gets to be really like you're following your, your dream and your dream doesn't have to feel so heavy and so burdensome. So I had stopped that. I stopped myself. Literally, sometimes it, it takes effort to stop. <laughs> it takes effort to say no to something that isn't working and, you know, look at it again and see like, okay, what needs to happen now? Where, where am I not doing things right? So, yeah, I stopped um, and it's not, it's kind of just on the shelf at the moment until I have more clarity about, you know, where this um, art thing is going. And in the meantime, I'm really enjoying speaking to people who are following their dreams, such as yourself, seeing how they've done it and seeing that really it's possible, you know, and I didn't stop. I didn't say, yeah, this is not working. It's not possible for me. I'd love to find out how you've done it, how people like you have done it with kids and everything. It is possible and it doesn't have to burn you out. Okay, tell me, have you ever been burnt out? And oh, of uh, course. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you do? So, um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, and uh, I think all mothers burn out. Uh, to be honest, it's not just entrepreneurs or artists. Everyone burns out at his, at at any level, um, and as as women, I feel that we seem it seems to be like our obligation, our job to take care of everyone else but ourselves. We put our kids in front of us. We put our husbands, our, um, you know, parents in front of us. But we always seem to put us at the bottom of the list. And I want to address that as well because that's not sustainable. Like you just said, you know, when you go into an airplane, they said the first thing you should do if in case there is an emergency is to put your life vest on first before you put it on your child because if you don't take care of yourself who's going to take care of the rest of the family so i want to address that if we don't take care of ourselves in times of burnout like in any situation at all who's going to look after our family because we are the one holding the forts most of the time right um so yes, I, there's plenty of time that I've burned out and or I would feel the um, burn coming and I will say, okay, this is the time where I need to rest. And rest could be, you know, taking long walks. I love taking long walks in nature, um, especially if there's a beach or a river nearby, I would, I would take that time for myself. Um, I would... Um, I would not do what I would classify as work. So for me, work now is coming up with art or repeat patterns. And I, like right now, I am, I am feeling um, tired and I know that it's time for me to take it easy and not work at, that, at this time. I don't schedule anything that is like mentoring, which I do sometimes, or any work for client I'm not taking mm -hmm. any new client now and 
what I do is I channel, as a creative person, I channel that creativity to something else like cooking. I, mm-hmm. One of my other joys is I love baking and I love cooking. So I put that into, uh, I channel that creativity towards, um, you know, baking and cooking or gardening. Mm-hmm. Or like one of the other things I do love is being close to nature. So I garden, I get my hands dirty again with soil and that sort of little bits of time to myself mm-hmm. will feed that um, that inspiration again. So mm-hmm. it's important to, um, first of all, know when that burn is coming. If you feel tired, no, I would not push myself hard like okay I feel like obviously everyone I feel I think it's human nature to feel FOMO fear of missing out oh if I stop now Mm. what if other surface designers are going to overtake me there's no that's always that thought but also I believe my self-belief is there is no such thing as losing out there Mm. is no such thing as um someone overtaking you there's no such thing as, um, you know, like that That competition is a thought of scarcity. And that was what I would think of, uh, you know, um, before I believe in the idea of a scarcity and abundance. And mm-hmm. I, at this stage of my life with my current mindset, it is very different from who I was. But obviously that, those negative thoughts, you know, those limited thinkings do come back occasionally. And I, when it does come back because I'm tired, I would tell myself, no, that's not true. Um, um, there is plenty of, there's always opportunity that will come my way um, from the right people and the right company. Um, there, you know, so, I would shift all those limiting thoughts to more abundant thoughts mm-hmm. and, um, you know, s- slow down and be more mindful of the things, like you said, intentional with the things that I do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so during burnout, it burnout happens when we hustle all the time, when it's go, go, go all the time and we don't take moments to rest. And when we do rest, it's only natural for limiting thoughts to come in because we are tired. But -hmm. it's also very important to be mindful of what we do with those thoughts. Mm -hmm. So for me, I always take a moment and have a look at those limiting beliefs and say, are these true? Is Mm -hmm. this belief true and more often than not when I start addressing it it is not it is not what I believe in anymore Mm. um and I always feel that you know there will be plenty of opportunity there's always space for me out there there's always plenty of opportunities that will come my way and um as long as I take care of myself Mm. um I will have that I will create the opportunity when the time comes because yeah. we always believe, we always think that life happens to us, but it's not true. We make life happen. Mm. And so we can't make life happen when we're burnt out. We can't make life happen when we're tired. 
uh, recreate those opportunities as much as those opportunities coming to us. So, um, yeah, what I was going to say, I think I lost my train of thought, but yes, that's basically that's what I do. So many insights just in that, um, that the hustle actually possibly just comes from a place when we're feeling that there's scarcity. That's why we like over hustle because we think, oh, we need to get somewhere at a certain time. We don't want to be overtaken or like whatever it is, this kind of mentality of hustling or like this energy of hustling, possibly like as you're speaking, I'm making the connection to it probably coming from a place of scarcity and to just sort of release that to change our mindset to abundance and to know that things are always available for us. We can relax just with the, that mindset, right? So there's such a connection there that I've never made before. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's talk a little bit about your, your artistic style and how you, you know, it took you a while, like you said, you had to get out all the quote unquote bad stuff or like bad art for you to find your signature, there's no such thing, but uh, your signature style to really come home to your signature style. Do you feel like you've developed uh, criteria when you are producing work right now? You know, do you have sort of things that you look for or does it come naturally? Like, is it just there? Is it conscious that you, you know, um, make sure that these are the, the things that you include or exclude when you're working? Okay. I'd love to know. No, I don't. I, I usually let things flow um, by itself. I read this book by Elizabeth Gilbert. I think um, The Big something. Um, the big, big Magic, is it? Yeah, The Big Magic. I think that's what it's something called. Like, yeah. <laughs> and one of the things I that resonated with me, to me the most was that our ideas are not ours. It is... Mm. from a space of magic or universe I don't know what you call it but we are just vessels for those mm. ideas um, our job is to be open to those ideas and then to channel channel that into our creative work so it could be writing it could be um, art like making art it could be anything but as long as we are um, open to joy, mm -hmm. open to creation, mm -hmm. that inspiration just comes to us and flows. So I've never really, I'm not a graphic designer by, um, I'm not a trained graphic okay. designer. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes a difference because um, I don't need a brief to work on my art, I'd own my collection. It, it just flows. Mm. And I obviously there are some times where I create art out of necessity because this is what the client wants and this is the certain elements that they need for that collection that I create. And that's okay, that's fine. Mm. Um, but a lot of times these clients give me a lot of control and freedom to do what I want, uh, which is great. But I also create collections out of inspiration whatever that I feel like drawing at that time so mm -hmm. if I feel like drawing mermaids if I feel like drawing a nautical theme or uh, unicorns or florals and birds that's what I do that's I just let that inspiration take me mm -hmm. um, on a journey mm -hmm. um, I, I 
I love exploring different ways and techniques of creating. So I I don't like putting like, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this line drawing. I have to do this certain style because I think that kind of restricts the flow at the same time. So when I create, it comes from a space of enjoyment or fun or love or, you know, mm-hmm. I try to make it as positive as possible because at the end of the day, that art is going to go on a product. And mm-hmm. I want that product to bring joy to someone that's holding it. It mm-hmm. could be a mug. It could be an art print. It could be a tablecloth. But, you know, at the end of the day, when, when I buy something, when I go into the store and go, oh, my God, I have to have this, is because it makes me feel happy. Yeah. And I want that same feeling to go to someone who buys the art that my the product that my art eventually lands on Mm. whether it could be a fabric whether it could be a suitcase or anything I want that person to experience joy and feel good when they're using it and Mm. that's what I feel surface designers our job is to do is to create from a space of joy and happiness so that actually transform to or it it brings that emotion to someone who uses it I feel mm-hmm. that's that's part of what I do mm-hmm. um, as a job as as a um, surface designer. I mean, I I used to work as a writer. I used to work as a journalist, um, and I worked with several titles. I used to work with Seventeen magazine, and then I went to Marie Claire, mm-hmm. and I could tell the difference in style of writing. I was never really happy in Marie Claire because the things that they wrote about the reportage they wrote were on the negative side like the like yes is reality is harsh reality but it was never inspired it can never came from a space of inspiration I Mm. felt very down sometimes writing the material for Marie Claire but then when it came to 17 magazine I remember that it always came from a space of inspiration because I felt like a big sister talking to all these teenagers I felt mm-hmm. it was so important for them to know that hey yeah life is tough but you can do this in order to feel happy again and I feel mm-hmm. like that's part of me this is what I'm doing now with my job this is my art I want to bring happiness to people's life in any shape or form so before that I was a writer I was bringing joy in shape of words and now as a surface designer I was I'm bringing joy in the form of art I love that every once in a while I'll scroll through my Instagram and because I follow so many surface pattern designers I noticed that hey look I feel happier (laughs) just scrolling through my Instagram because all this art pops up and it's so beautiful So yes, definitely what you're saying. I've been on the other side, on the receiving end and just feeling the joy coming through all the beautiful artwork. Um, And yours in particular has a positive vibe, not just from the the design aspect. I mean, yeah, the design, the color and the words that you're using. I've noticed that, you know, some of your art has um, motivational quotes and things like that, which I guess, um, as you said earlier, has come much earlier in in your work, from the very beginning um, during your etcds as well. Um, do you find that that's kind of a why that you have like a a mission that you have to bring? And 
Um, or do you just want to enjoy every piece of art that you do? I mean, where it, I'd love to know, like, where does inspiration, your motivation comes from um, when you do a piece of art or just for your entire career? Um, interest, well, one of the things I actually reflected on quite recently, actually, because I was filling up an application for something. And it was it was a what it was the question was what is your why why do you want to do this why do you want to where where do you come from when you create um, so it's very similar to your question and I realized it came from a place where people were telling me I couldn't do it um, I never really had a lot of encouragement for my parents to become an artist I never really had a lot of help um, aside from you know aside from my husband's um, support I never really had very uh, a strong um, faith from anybody that I could do this um, so I want to be someone's cheerleader mm. because the truth is in life, as hard as it is, a lot of people tell us we can't do it. A lot of people have good intention and don't want to see us fail. And they say things that limiting things that they believe in, but it not necessarily is true. Mm. Um, so in terms of art, a lot of us have been, taught that you can't make money from art or mm. you can't make money as a writer you can't make money in the creative world you have to be a doctor a lawyer accountant uh, a, have a job you know in order to make money and all these limiting beliefs we had as parents or sorry as, as a child um, from our parents or educators uh, and you know, adults throughout our life telling us all these things, it's very hard to put a positive spin on it. So mm -hmm. now that I am at this point of my life that I am, I don't know, somewhat somewhat successful, I'm I'm making money with my art. I am I want to encourage people that those limiting beliefs are not true. Mm -hmm. I want to be someone's cheerleader and go, no, like if I can do it, if I can do it, so can you. Mm -hmm. If I can actually shift my life and make money from my work, so can anyone else. Um, I'm not going to say if little old me, I'm not little and I'm not old. I am a force. I am a I feel like I've always been a force to reckon with. Mm -hmm. I always feel like, yes, if, despite my physical self of being short, it doesn't mean I have a limiting um, dream. I have very big dreams. I've always been ambitious. I've always believed in myself. And I think that even though people tell, told me in the past that I couldn't do something, I always had that in my, in my heart, I'll show you. I'll show you what I can do. And I want to tell people that, that they have the same fire in themselves 
to do what they are put on this earth to do. Mm. All of us have that ability to do that. But first of all, we have to believe in ourselves and work through all that mud Mm -hmm. and um, get to where we are brought to this earth to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is, you know, like, you know, have you heard of the story of a lotus flower? Mm -hmm. The beauty of a lotus flower comes from the space of mud. They live, they they are in mud, but when they bloom and blossom, it's above the water and they are a thing of beauty. And we are just like that flower. So where do I come from? Where do I create from? It comes from a space of like faith and belief and persistence. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to find that space where you are always confident about yourself but once you get there no one can stop you you become Mm -hmm. an unstoppable force oh I love it so much I think this is one of the things that I love most about what you put out there and uh, about you and your work Um, not just the beautiful artwork that you do but that your heart is in this place of of giving back to the community and to people and to ignite that dream in others and I just had this vision of you, you know, with that flame inside you, with that flame. And with that flame, uh, other people can, you know, light their own candles through that flame. And I really feel like that's coming through uh, as you speak. So beautiful. Thank you so much for that. I, I have a book that I love. Um, let me see if I can find it. It's, it's by... Jen Sincero is called You Are a Badass. I don't know if you heard that before. So I, I know you can't, yeah. your listeners can't see this, but I'm showing a book to Jacqueline. It's called You Are a Badass. At um, Making Money. At Making Money. Master the Mindset of Wealth. And uh, all my books, I've always underlined it. And um it's it's really, really beautiful. But there's one thing that I can't, find the quote now and I, I, I want to read this quote out to your listeners if I can find it so just give me one second to see if I can find it. if I can't I'll just have to paraphrase I do have half on it hold on all right I found it okay all right Exciting. So this is about sharing your awesome, awesomeness with the world. Okay, We need smart people with huge hearts and creative minds to manifest all the wealth, resources, and support they need to make their difference in the world. We need people to feel happy and fulfilled and loved so they don't take their shit out on themselves and other people and the planet and our animal friends. We need kick-ass people to be out of struggle and living large and on purpose so they can be an inspiration to others who want to rise up too. We live in a world of limitless possibilities. Mm -hmm. This is about your faith being greater than your fear. Thank you so much. So beautiful. Yes. Isn't it great? Like I'm getting goosebumps just like listening to that again. It's so amazing. 
Yes, sir. Yes. Well, Mabel, thank you so much uh, for this amazing conversation. Is there anything last uh, last few words that you'd like to share with everyone? Um, I don't know. I pretty much um spoke about everything that's that's that I want to talk about. Like you know, we talk about self care and we talk about how easy it is to burn out, and it's so important to take time to daydream. Um, if you we are at that stage of goal planning or intention setting, uh, I would recommend someone or one of you know you to come up with a vision board. I I don't come up with vision board. I actually write down bucket list sometimes. So if I don't do vision boards, I do bucket list mm-hmm. um, of what we want to achieve in the new year. Mm-hmm. So like I said in at the very beginning of our conversation working having target i mean having my art in target was my intention this year and um i think it's important that we make uh we plan big big plans we make big goals goals that scares us goals that we have no idea how we're going to accomplish um and believe that uh, the universe is going to figure it out for us we mm. don't have to know the how we mm. just have to believe that it's going to happen and when we don't have the resistance of fear we if we don't have the resistance of um limiting beliefs it's going to just believe it or not it's just going to drop on our lap and that's exactly what happened to me it just fell on my lap mm. and i had no I said yes straight away. It was not going to go no, I don't think I can do this because it also happened in a very busy time of my life. It was a crazy moment, everything was happening and this opportunity fell on my lap. And was I going to say no? No way. Yeah. Like so you've got we've got to believe in big things that are meant for us. We've got to let that happen and go no, I don't think this I'm ready for it yet. Be ready, girl. And <laughs> no that you have all it takes to take it on. So yeah, that's my final words. Like when you want to set goals, dream big, don't play small and be ready for when it happens. You have what it takes to do it. Awesome. Thank you so much. I love what you said. Loving what you're doing right now. Loving all the work that you're putting out there. Thank you so much for being with us and thank you for listening. Bye.